You are listening to A True Church Perspective from the Macedonia Baptist Church family. We pray that this message is a true blessing to you. think about all that he has done for me. My soul cries hallelujah. Thank you Jesus for saving me. Anybody glad about the goodness of the Lord in your life? Hallelujah. To the awesome power and presence of God that truly saturates this place called sanctuary. To you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, deacons, trustees, my fellow preacher in the gospel, to our pastor emeritus, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, it feel good to be at home, amen. All that preliminary stuff out the way. It feel good to be at home. Ain't no church like Macedonia. Amen. I'm glad to see your faces. I'm grateful today to have with me my wife and my children. Amen. They found themselves right back in the balcony. Amen. Amen. So thank God for them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you now for this privilege and opportunity of preaching, God. We ask now that you will crucify the flesh and consecrate the spirit. Speak to and speak through. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are my strength and my redeemer. This is your servant's prayer. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Lest I should hold you too long, the gospel According to John chapter number four, the gospel according to John chapter number four, beginning with verse number 43, is there that the Holy Spirit has highlighted this context of scripture for us. Now after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee for Jesus himself testified that a prophet is without honor in his own country. Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all things that he had did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made water into wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was coming out of Judea into Galilee, he went into, unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. 
Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the nobleman believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. And so the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and, him, and himself believed, and his whole house. This again is the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. This is the reading of God's word for the people of God. For the time that is ours, I want to talk about a reflective praise a reflective praise. I want to submit, no matter the amount of success you have in life, life has a way of always redirecting you to God. Everything starts and ends with God no matter the success you have in life, life has a way of always sending you back to God. Oftentimes, we get kind of big-headed, high-minded, feel good about our accomplishments in life, only for trouble of life to put us back on our knees, only for the circumstances of life to push us back to the presence of God. I don't care how much you do and what you do and where you go and where you come from. At some point, you will have to return unto God. It's interesting because many people try to avoid him, but if you tell the truth, you can't live without him. I'm not talking about just for the sake of putting food on your table, but literally, if he does not give you breath, you cannot live without him. So no matter what you do every day of your life, sinner or saint, you need God in some capacity. It's interesting that no matter what happens in life, my encouragement to you today is to always come back or better yet, don't leave them. Keep them with you at all times. Songwriter says, he walks with me and he talks with me along my narrow way. You need the Lord at every twist and every turn of life. That's the discipline of our text today, is that we have a noble man who is well-to-do. We have a noble man who is recognized in his community and life has hit him so that his education and his status cannot fix his life. He looks good in a suit, he smells good, he has prestige, he has power, but none of that matters when life's circumstances hit him and he cannot fix it. He has to thus turn to Jesus in order to fix his broken life. 
No matter who he knows, no matter uh, the amount of money he has, it does not fix his life. He needs Jesus to fix his life. Not Ayana, he needs Jesus to fix his life. Isn't it amazing that sometimes it's not until we find ourselves in a crisis that you really discover that you need Jesus? The reality is you need him every day, can't make it without him, but here you are when a crisis comes, that's when most folk want to turn to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm not ashamed to shout and declare in the sanctuary today, I need thee all every hour and every day. I cannot make it without him because I've discovered when I do things without him, I find myself in a worse situation. I find myself still having to come back to him anyway, so I might as well allow him to govern me at all times. The nobleman is in a unique situation because his money can't fix it. Here's what we discover, Yvette, when we read this particular pericope, is that the nobleman has to leave his problem behind and pursue Jesus. Sometimes you've got to learn how to separate yourself from the problems of life and go after Jesus. He disconnects from the problem, not to say that I don't care about my problem, but I realize that if I babysit my problem, it won't change. But if I seek Jesus, he can change my problem. Can I submit unto you, maybe you ought to stop babysitting your issue and take it to the Lord in prayer. Here's what the psalm writer says. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? Because we won't take it to the Lord in prayer. Maybe today your life would be better if you walked away from that thing temporarily, turned it over to the Lord, and watched him work it out. The noble man says, I'm going to leave my sick son at the crib, and I'm going to seek after Jesus. Here's why I'm going after Jesus. Because I've seen him work miracles. I've heard about his power. I've heard about his authority and I'm going after somebody and something that can change my life. I'm not going to pout about it. I'm going to go after the Lord. I'm going to seek him because I believe that he has the power. Is there anybody that can shout, I believe God has the power and the authority to change what I'm in. If I could change it, I would have changed it. If I could fix it, I would have fixed it. If you could fix it, it would be fixed already. But Jesus is the only only one that can do it. So I want to encourage you today. Seek after the Lord and let him change your situation. The nobleman, he leaves his son at the house and he seeks after Jesus. And when he seeks after Jesus, he says, hey, uh, I want you to come to my house because my child is about to die. And the response of Jesus is, hey, you won't believe unless you see a sign and a wonder. That's what Jesus says. You won't believe unless I do something miraculous in your life. You won't believe unless I give you a supernatural miracle is the only way you're going to believe. My problem when I read the text and I look at us today I feel like some of us are like the nobleman. We're still looking for a sign and a wonder. 
But my problem for those of us that need a sign and a wonder is what more does he have to do than he's already done? What more does he have to do for you to believe that he can fix your problem? What more does he have to do before you glorify him? What more does he have to do? Well, you say, preacher, what has he done? I'm glad you asked such an intelligent question on this 27th day of June. Here's what he's done. You ready for this miracle? One Friday he died. They put him in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got up. He died for your sin that you might be healed, that you might have the right to the tree of life. What more of a miracle do you need? What more do you need to believe that he'll move and operate on your behalf? While we were yet sinners, Christ died. What more that he's, does he have to do for you to believe? Now, here it is. After he did that, before you were even shaped in your mother's womb, before you were ever born on this earth, he had already took away the sin. All you had to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. And now throughout the course of your life, he's healed your body. He put food on your table, clothes on your back, shelter over you. What more does he have to do? He's covered you on every level. What more before you believe? Says to the nobleman, you won't believe except you see a sign and wonder. My question to you today, will you believe if he don't do nothing else? If he never moves in your life again, will you still believe that he has the power? Will you still serve him? Will you still seek after him? If he doesn't do anything else, can you testify that he's already done enough? Says to the noble man, listen, uh, you won't believe except you see a sign and a wonder. Here's what the text really gets interesting. He tells the nobleman, go thy way, thy son liveth. The nobleman says, okay, and leaves. The Bible says that he leaves believing. But I got some tension in the text because the nobleman bothers my nerve. The nobleman came with a request he had a mouth full because of what he needed Jesus to do. Jesus says to him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the noble man said nothing. He came with a huge request. The request got granted and he left with no thanksgiving. Maybe he was a Baptist man. He came with a bunch of requests. God, I need. God, I need. Jesus, I need. And it was granted. And he left without giving him glory. I got an issue with the noble man. How is it that you can come with a mouthful of requests and he do so much in your life as to say your request is granted, your son lives, and you don't even take a moment to give his name praise, to say thank you for hearing me, thank you for fixing it, thank you for taking the time out to work it out in my favor. Is there anybody in here that can say I came with a request and even if he don't do it, just thank you for listening. noble man bothers my nerve because he leaves and says nothing. When Jesus' word restored his son, gave hope, 
that reveals to us today that while the Bible says he believed, while the Bible reveals unto us that he took the word of God, what it reveals to us is that he was so stuck on his problem. He was so stuck on Jesus fixing it his way that he couldn't appreciate the way God had made. Okay, you didn't believe me? He says, I need you to come home with me. Jesus says, I ain't going home because space and grace don't have to operate at the same time. I don't have to take my grace into your space in order to fix it. I can fix your situation from where I am. You got to learn how to appreciate God with fixing it his way and not yours. He said, come home. Jesus says, I ain't even got to come home. Matter of fact, I ain't even got to talk to your son. I just said he lives. So here's what he says. He says, listen, go that way. And the nobleman goes home. He starts his journey home. She's traveling to the house. Uh, all of a sudden, his servants come and meet him. And the servants say unto him, your son liveth. Yes, hmm. that, 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 that's what your Bible says? That they tell him that your son now lives. And then he asks, when did this happen? He said, about the seventh hour on yesterday. And then he knew that it was the same hour that Jesus had spoke. So now he's become reflective because he's thinking back on when God moved and spoke in his life. And now as he's thinking back, he's saying, man, that was the same time God told me that my son lived and then he was healed. Oh, wait a minute. God did it in my life when he spoke. God spoke a word over my life that changed my life. He became reflective. Watch this. Dickatrell, here's what shouted me when I read the text. The man went home out of obedience. When he went home out of obedience, before he could get to the crib, God made good news run him down. Y'all don't know when to shout. I'll try to talk to the balcony. Before he can get to the crib, God made good news run him down. I know they say bad news travels fast, but when God moves in your life, he'll make good news run you down. That's somebody's word right there today. If you obey God, God will make good news come to you. Uh, Bible says that the good news came to him that his son lives. Wait a minute. Not only was it good news, but he already knew the goodness. He already knew the good news. Because you heard it from God first. This was just confirmation that God did what he said he was going to do. I need to just confirm to somebody today that God did what he said he was going to do. By the time you get home, God will reveal to you that what he said was already done. By the time the doctor call you and tell you that you're cancer free, it would be validation that God did what he said he was going to do. By the time they call you and tell you you got the job, it's good news because God had already told you that it belonged. Can I submit that when you are obedient, good news runs you down. Says, hey, um, when did this happen? 
This happened about seventh hour on yesterday. Uh, he stays about 20 miles from where Jesus is. Um, and so uh, I know y'all thinking 20 miles, why did it take a whole day? But they didn't have cars back then. Took a little time for him to get home. Um, um, and as he's coming, um, um, good news comes. Um, he has time to think on what the Lord says. He has time uh, to reflect on what God says. And then they show up and say, hey, your son lives. He's, when did this happen? About the seventh hour yesterday. He begins to think that this is the time that the Lord Jesus spoke to me, told me that my son would live. Here's what your Bible says. And then his whole house started to believe because of what God said to him. Because of what Jesus spoke into his life. Because of the miracle of Jesus. Because he's now being reflective over what God spoke in his life. And he's telling his whole house, now everybody comes to a place of believing. Because of his experience with God. Because of his experience with Jesus. Now everybody is believing. Here's what happens. When did the sign and wonder take place? Because it doesn't seem to be anything miraculous. No blinded eyes are open. No deaf ears unstopped. He just spoke a word that seemed to be simple. Go thy way, thy son liveth. What was the real sign and wonder of the text? Because Jesus says you won't believe except you see a sign and a wonder. Here it is, y'all missed it. The sign and wonder was very simple. The sign was that if you can get up and go home at my word, you'll be amazed at what I'll do. That was the sign and that was the wonder. It's not deep. Don't worry about it. He says, go that way. If the man had stayed home, would he have seen that his son was healed? But because he chose to obey the word of God and move at the word of God, he discovered that sometimes the sign and wonder of your life is your ability to obey God and do what thus says the Lord. And God will work it out as you're walking it out. Y'all still don't know when to shout. I'll try it again. God will work it out as you're walking it out. So I want to submit unto you as I look at the church from at the text from an exegetical perspective that as the man walked it out, God worked it out. Go thy way. Watch the language of the text. Thy son liveth. That's present active possessor. He is now alive, not dead. And you will see that manifestation once you walk it out. You ain't going to see him alive as long as you stay in my face. Y'all don't know when to shout. Sometimes you've got to learn how to get off your knees because God has worked it out. Y'all don't, okay, let me see. I got Bible. Uh, Peter was in jail. And the church is praying for Peter without ceasing. Peter gets out of jail, knocks on the door, and the church folk won't stop praying long enough to see that what they was praying for was answered. Y'all still ain't feeling They was praying that God would bring Peter out. God brought Peter out, and they still didn't believe. Said to Rhoda, it must be his ghost. Why are you praying if you don't believe God has the power to do it? Here they are. He answers the prayer. Says, go. 
sometimes you'll discover that the healing you need is in the go. He goes, finds out from his servants that your son living. Uh, here's what they said, that the fever left him. Now, as we get to the close of this, we get some details that we didn't have in the beginning. He had a fever, and the fever was causing his sickness to the point of death. Fever is when you have, uh, 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 you have disease or you have bacteria, you have an infection that has entered the body, and it is now fighting against the body. It causes a fever to arise. We discover what causes the boy to be sick is a fever. Something internally is broken. And what's broken internally has to be healed. And the only person that could heal what was broken internally was Jesus. I'm in the wrong church. I know y'all like the gospel around here. I'm all in the gospel and y'all playing me tight. There's a sickness in the boy's body. It's on the inside, they can't see it, and it's working on the outside. And the only person that could fix what was broken on the inside was Jesus. Sin was the infectious disease that got all of us messed up. But it was only one person that could fix it, and that was Jesus. Hold up, wait. Jesus fixed it by speaking a word over the boy. Spoke a word. Uh, uh, matter of fact, we don't even see him speak a word. He just tells the father, go that way, that son liveth. Uh, and all of a sudden, the boy lives. Uh, never came in contact with the boy. So he healed him from a distance. Which is a shout for us today. That no matter how distant your life is from God, he has the power to heal you from a distance. I've never seen him face to face, but I felt his power and his healing from a distance. Is there anybody that can shout, I've never seen him face to face, but I know that he's able to heal me from a distance. That's why I pray the way I pray. I worship the way I worship because he's able to do it at a distance. All right. Uh, here, here it is. Um, um. The boy gets healed, and everybody around him um, now starts to believe because of the father. Because the father now has a testimony to the goodness of God in his life. The father can now say that I have went and sought after Jesus for myself, and I can tell you for myself that he's a miracle worker. He's the God of signs and wonders. He's the God that can do the impossible. He's the God that specializes in things that other people cannot do. Here's what he says. He says, guess what? Everybody in my house, as for me and my house, you're going to have to serve this Jesus right here. Because this Jesus did for me what my money couldn't do. This Jesus did for me what my education couldn't do. This Jesus did for me what stature in the community. Is there anybody that can shout, I got to tell everybody about my Jesus. Because he's done for me what eyes have not seen. And ears have not heard. Uh, the father 
gets a reflective praise because he starts to think back to what Jesus said to him. And he knew that the Lord was with him the whole time. He starts to think back over what the Lord said to him. And he discovered then the whole time that Jesus was the one who made a way. Can I ask you a question to get out your way today? Can you think back over your life and start to give God praise? Because he was working a miracle under your nose the whole time. He was healing your family under your nose the whole time. Can you just think back over your life and say, God, I thank you. I should have gave you praise on the spot. But now I look back in retrospect and I can shout, if it had not been for the Lord on my side. Yeah, I don't know where I would be, but because of your grace and your mercy, I can shout today. I come a mighty long way. Is there anybody here that can shout? I came a long way by the power of God. God has been working in my life, working in my family, working in my home. And now we're whole and now we're better because he looked beyond the brokenness of our sin, the brokenness of our fever and healed us and delivered us. Anybody here that's been delivered by the power of God, I thought this was a delivered church. Anybody been saved by his grace, healed by his grace, changed by his grace. I don't know how you feel about it, but if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be, but his grace saved me. So here is my testimony. Your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. I want to thank you and praise you too for your grace and mercy. Y'all playing real tight. Can you testify today? Your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living, my family's living because of you. I just want to pause right here and thank you. Nope. I said, I just want to pause right here and thank you and praise you too. Because your grace, I didn't deserve it. Your mercy, you held back what I did deserve. I just want to praise you right where I am. Sometimes you got to learn how to have a reflective praise. I missed it the first time around. I should have glorified you when you spoke it. But if you give me breath in my body and you allow me to see your miracle, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. When I look back over it in retrospect, I'll give your name glory. Sometimes you just got to look back over things in retrospect and have a reflective praise. And say, God, I thank you. Because I remember when you told me everything was going to be all right. And here I am right now testifying that everything is already all right. He's already changed it. He's already healed you. He's already fixed it. 
You just got to walk it out. The word is for you today that if you can leave here by obedience, believing what thus says the Lord, by the time you get to the crib, good news will be on your phone. Good news will be in your mailbox. Good news will come to you if you walk in obedience. It's coming your way. I ain't coming to be deep. Y'all get good preaching all the time. Y'all just let me come home for a little bit. I miss y'all. We hope you enjoyed this message today. And we pray that it was a true blessing to you. If you are interested in learning more about Pastor Charles D. Twyman and the Macedonia Baptist Church family, you can reach out to us at www.mbcdet.com. Thank you, and God bless you.